That was a big, big hill. hill. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go over the hill again, Mario. <laughs> We're in the car. We're in the car. We're in the car. We're doing this podcast inside a moving van. We've kidnapped the goblin himself. <laughs> the goblin. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> I'm the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two other goblins today. It's all kinds of I luck unfortunately we've been evicted from where we normally do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Casey's uh Casey's home blew up. In my yeah. home, I'll tell you what happened with it right before we went to record. And I haven't told you guys this yet. Our AC started leaking this liquid that looked like Coca-Cola and then oh, it uh, smelled like, like piss. Uh, so I didn't taste it. I didn't do the taste test. This is what's in these sonic drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to see if people would drink it like Coca-Cola. You know, I gotta say, like, not bad, not bad. Not, not bad, bad, not bad. I got a big sip of Casey's Coca Cola last week. <laughs> when he beat me at Blackjack. I beat him. I beat this him every time. time. This yeah, time we did. all have our own individual Coca Cola. Yeah. I, I have sweet tea. I, I also have know. sweet yeah, tea. It's, it's just the one Coca Uncultured swine. That's what you are. Just because we're in Arkansas doesn't mean you have to drink sweet tea. Hey, and just because we're in Arkansas doesn't mean you have to meet federal obesity. (laughs) 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 By drinking a Coca Cola. (laughs) Drinking a Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Uh, We have a special guest, and this week, and two goblins in the room. Uh, the first, the goblins are Jacob and Natalie. You may remember them from a previous episode. Hi. They don't exist. They, they, they don't know what podcasts are. We uh, couldn't let Luke have uh, any time to shine, so we're no, just that's being true. the biggest of no. assholes right yeah, now. You, Even though I'm yeah. gonna kiss you on the face. Oh, you may remember this behavior from their episode. They were like real, real turd goblins. You know, we talk about <laughs> it in retrospect a lot. Yeah, there. yeah, but you still keep having us back. I don't know why. Did did anyone invite you here? <laughs> <laughs> to my is, house. Uh, <laughs> my office. <laughs> no, we Aww. got we got the goblin, the OG goblin himself here today. We got Mr. Luke Wick. Fuck you. <laughs> got Mr. Luke Welch in the house. Say hi, Luke. Oh, hi. Hello. How's it going? We're uh, here to talk about film. Ah, oh, okay. What's, yeah. I don't I don't know what that is. I'm not gonna lie. Well. Uh, well, to... well, you'll figure it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I think in my four years of college, I saw something to do with film. Did you see anything this past week? I did. Oh, Me oh, and shit. Isaac actually went to the movies together. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna hear about this. We had a mandate. Yeah, we had a little, <laughs> little, little bro date. Um, we saw No Time to Die. Yeah, oh. there was a lot of time to die. Actually, <laughs> yeah. The consensus is. There was there was quite a. <laughs> I mean, if Mister Bond was worried that there would be no, no time, time, you know, <laughs> over the course of two hours and forty six minutes, they really proved that thesis there, wrong. You there know? was quite a lot of time. <laughs> there um, was quite a lot of time, and if you felt it, yeah, I kept staring at my watch, and I was like, "My God, this is it's a very long movie," and also. It doesn't always feel like it needs to be that long. So my favorite go-to example that I told Luke about when we were watching it, this isn't a spoiler. There are going to be no spoilers for No Time to no, Die, don't no worry. Boiler. No boiler. <laughs> no boilers. Um, but there's a scene where this guy who owns some sheep gets a call, and they're like, let the sheep out. And he's like, why? And he's like, we're going to kill your family <laughs> if you don't put the sheep out in the road right now. And so James Bond is like driving his car. He's like, nur, nur, nur. <laughs> and then there's like, 
sheep on the screen for like a split second. He's like, oh, blimey, I've got to turn right. <laughs> but the scene setting up the sheep is just... ten times longer <laughs> than any of the sheep. There could have just been sheep out in the road. Yeah, I don't think anyone was thinking that much. But that's the thing with this movie is that it's got... Okay, it's got a lot of explaining to do. It's got a lot of farewells to make. And it is a good farewell to Daniel yeah. Craig's Bond. Like, a lot of characters that have popped up in all of the movies, like, they all come back for this one. Oh, you know, yeah. this is this is a big reunion farewell tour. Spectre kind of serialized everything because in that movie they were like, oh, Spectre, the organization, is behind everything in Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall and it's like after a reveal like that you kind of have to keep rolling right, with right. that and I, I do think it's a bit silly because in this movie they're like well what if there was someone better though <laughs> <laughs> it really it really just felt like it downplayed like the previous films mm-hmm. and I don't know it wasn't great it's not great in my opinion it's it's okay have you seen the other Bond films I've seen a couple I haven't seen them all He's seen he's seen Skyfall for sure, okay, which yeah, I think that's, that's the the, that the most like I mean I think that's the most accessible of the new ones. Although I do think Casino Royale is like the only one that like really went in on the like edgy yeah. realistic Bond, you know. And I and I guess like with Jason Bourne being a thing, like they maybe tried to get away from being more gritty and realistic because like they didn't want to you know go in on that. But I. I feel like I've enjoyed it less as they've regressed towards being sillier and mm-hmm. being more like classic James Bond. Like I, I didn't want that, but that's kind of what we have in the mm-hmm. end is like Daniel Craig is a bit of a hybrid between gritty and silly, you know, yeah, and right. it, mm-hmm. it, it works sometimes and other times it's like, Ugh. yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Just, uh, maybe they could have trimmed, trimmed most of it. <laughs> well, how is the action in it? It's like, is it Mission uh-huh. Impossible? Great action. Mm-hmm. From, from what I'm thinking of, like, there are some great stunts and set pieces in this movie. Like, there's just, like, several moments that come to mind that I'm thinking of. Like, there's... <laughs> they kind of like home, doing Home Alone traps in the Daniel Craig movies. Because there's <laughs> yeah. a part where he, like, is fighting off these bad guys in the woods. And, you know, he, like uses some like um tow line from a car and he like ties it around trees and yeah, shit yeah, and he prepared really cool. yeah i um i don't know is it a spoiler to talk about like to have your opinion on the villain because me and isaac were... i've heard the villain wasn't that great well i never really got well okay yeah no spoilers but they never really explained why you Jeez. not why you don't like him yeah. you know like other than he's obstructing the main character in a couple ways that right. obviously is inconvenient to james bond it's like even when they go through his backstory you're like and that makes him do this why yeah <laughs> there's no motivation i mean rami malek is doing a pretty okay job um yeah i love and, the actor yeah he he's he's cool and he's got like a cool mask that he wears mm-hmm. like on and off in the movie they show that in the trailer but like yeah, no, I don't. I don't get what he's doing, and I don't. In like, and you really don't. You don't hate him, and and like they they give you like maybe a couple seconds in the end to be like, oh yeah, this is the bad guy. Yeah, but that's it. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Go no. see. I mean, I don't know. Go see it though. It's the end of yeah, an era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. Want it to was. Watch it is still like the ending was good. I will say that I really liked the ending. Does Vesper Lynn come back? to life 
there is a pretty prominent cameo from Vesperlin's grave. <laughs> it's in the I've movie. Heard, yeah. <laughs> like they, when I say everyone came back, I do mean <laughs> <laughs> those who are no longer with us. Although they, I guess now that I think about it, they. This isn't a big spoiler, but Judy Dench doesn't have like some like beyond the grave cameo right. again. They did that in the last movie where she was like, Bond, if I'm dead, I want you to look into this guy who I think could be suspicious. <laughs> if he's not suspicious, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I'm really gambling on this one. <laughs> also, maybe I'm not dead. So, right. <laughs> me. I cannot believe they have the balls to kill her off in Skyfall. No, that's it was a great still... decision, but it was yeah, I was surprised. I love that about the Daniel Craig movies. They they don't have the they don't have the um plot armor for Yeah, the, the plot armor for yeah. all the characters. Like any of them could die yeah. in the movies you feel like, and that's mm-hmm. cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. It is really cool. And they don't waste Bond girls like they did back in the day. Right. I want to say maybe the standouts in this movie are Ana de Armas. She mm-hmm. shows up at one point and she totally kicks ass and she's funny. Um, and the new 007. And this isn't a oh, spoiler yeah. because they point out mm-hmm. in her character posters that she's the new 007. And it's more of a technical thing because mm-hmm. like James Bond retired. So, I mean, they got to fill right. that. Like there's only yeah. nine double O's to yeah, work with. Yeah. You got you to gotta get a new one to step up. But she's cool. She's really cool yeah. too. Dope. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good movie. Good movie. Yeah. 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 Did you watch anything else? Oh yeah, well, this whole group did. Oh, but I mean, do you have God. anything before we? Before we get into um, that. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched The Invisible Man. The, Ooh. The new one. It's really fucking good. Okay. If you haven't watched it, please do. It's. It's like. First of all, Elizabeth Moss. It was mm. like totally, in for this shit. She was like all there. Uh, she did fucking fantastic, and just the the screenwriting, the screenplay is fucking fantabulous. Like most of the time, when we get these reboots of like old like Universal horror movies and shit like that, they're really bad. This one was really, really, really fucking good, and it, it's like I don't even know. They don't even have to give you like there's like zero exposition in this movie, but yet you understood everything that was happening, and I really like that about it. It doesn't feel overly overly long. It feels exactly where it needs to be and overall it's just a great great time um and then i watched a really shitty vampire flick uh called bit that's uh that sounds it's, really it's, good uh, <laughs> I, okay I, my letterbox review was like this was awful i loved it because i i did like it was fun but it was just made with a very low budget and the actors and stuff weren't very good there it was about a, a trans uh vampire basically like a trans uh. person who gets turned into a vampire and the person playing them was a trans vampire. But, vamp- well, no. <laughs> she actually was a vampire. No. Uh, <laughs> but she wasn't that. She wasn't that great of an actress, uh, which threw me off. Um, really, nobody was that great of, an, of acting in it. But I, I watched it because uh, I'm working on a project about vampires. So I was like, I'm going to go through and watch all the vampire shit. And I found that one on Amazon. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. It was fun. Um, and then the last thing I watched was, um, what was it? Oh, I watched The Guilty. The, the, the Oh, the Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. one, yeah. It's a slog, bro. It's, it looks pretty boring. It's just, it starts off really interesting. It starts off really, like, suspenseful. You're like, oh, where's this movie gonna go? And then it takes place in the most boring fucking setting you could possibly imagine with Jake Gyllenhaal trying to do it justice, but this, well, the problem with it is, is the script is just so fucking hokey, and I, I don't 
I didn't like it. I and I realized I was like, oh, this is like a remake. It's a remake of a 2018 foreign version of the film. So I can't oh. remember what country, but it was made in 2018. Sounds French. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the guilt. Le guilt. Le, le <laughs> um, but yeah, and they just remade it three years after. It's just it's just bad. It's not needed, and it's it was a slog to get through, and I just hated it. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't shower, so it probably smelled it really smelled bad really on set. Bad. <laughs> Pure acting, man. You wouldn't understand the method. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's all I watched. So Ooh. this this movie that me and Isaac watched, and Jacob and Allie, because we watched it here, um, probably one of the most mind blowing movies I have seen in a long time. Yeah. Have I have I talked to you about Perfect? I know Girl about before? It. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah. I've heard it's like perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. Oh my gosh! It's, honestly, I need to watch it again. We were all like inebriated and something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, that made it worse. Oh my gosh! I was more interested. It, I was, but my mind, I was like, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" Like the entire time. Yeah, just the. This is the late Satoshi Kon. He um he did a a lot of like really beloved Japanese movies before he died, like this um movie called Paprika, and then mm-hmm. uh, Tokyo Godfathers is one that gets brought up. It's like that trope where like three men raise a random like baby or something. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, baby, but, yeah. but I've heard that it's good. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that it's a good take on that story. Um and this yeah, this is a fucking like crazy like it, it definitely fucks with your sense of like what's real and what's not and also the framing in, in animation mm. form it's just like oh, immaculate yeah. like this guy knows some fucking shots mm-hmm. god damn old school anime it makes you really feel what the main character is yeah yeah like i i don't think i've ever like i mean this is like for live action and animation both i don't know as many movies that are as effective at putting you in the fraught headspace of a mm-hmm. character like oh, yeah. this movie and that was that was really cool to experience about that jacob you, did, do you have any thoughts about the Goblin Boy? Goblin. Goblin Jacob. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> it has... I want to actually revisit it uh, uninebriated. Okay. Because I want to look at it with a more uh, stable mindset and not losing my shit every five seconds. <laughs> but honestly, as it stands right now, it has the potential to be one of my favorite animated or er, anime movies of all time on top of just movies in general. Oh, wow. I cannot hype Perfect Blue enough up for you. You yeah. need to see it. Yeah. It is a must watch as soon as possible. I'll bump it up on my watch list because it's been, it's been making the rounds on Letterboxd. Like, y'all are not like some other people really follow on Letterboxd were watching it the other day and I was like, oh yeah, I still need to watch that and it popped up with y'all again. I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I really yeah. need to watch yeah. that. I really, I can't think of something that I didn't like about it. Like, it's just... Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah genuinely. It's incredible. It, instant classic. It's also it's also going to make you uncomfortable. So, like, it's definitely not, like, for the light of heart yeah. uh, viewer. Yes. I felt like um, it was a good Halloween-like era movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there, there are some horror elements to it mm-hmm. that make it, like, perfect for this season. Um, oh, nice if you didn't know, Black Swan is based on this movie. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, I yeah. heard that. Yeah, okay. Darren Aronofsky had to buy the adaptation rights just okay, to make Black, Black Swan. Okay, Black Swan I gave five stars. That's like a perfect movie to me. Okay, so I want to see Black Swan. I, I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Black Swan is so fucking good. 
Right, watch party, guys. Okay, nice hell one. yeah. Nice watch party, yeah. I've been I've been celebrating the, the spooky season. I've got a couple movies to just talk about real okay. quick. Well, on the down, though. On the down, though. On the down, um, down I watched 28 Days Later again. Yeah. That's a fucking banger. That invented... <laughs> it's the movie that invented fast zombies, and, like, everything you see in it, you'll be like, oh... That's kind of old, or like they've done that, but like this movie invented all of that. Man. <laughs> right. I think my only qualm with it is like, I get what Danny Boyle was going when he like shot the movie on like shitty like home video mm-hmm. cameras, but like it does kind of suck to have to watch this movie and like it be in shitty yeah. home video camera. Like it does make it a little bit grittier, but then I, I, I've watched 28 Weeks Later not too long ago, and, like, that movie is filmed normally, and I'm like, why couldn't it have been like this? Like, it fit the tone just fine to have the movie not look like shit, you know? I don't know. Yeah, on top of the fact that the director, he chose to make the film, like, 28 days long, and, uh... Yeah. So it probably took you a while to finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, needless to say, I mean, I got I had to start this shit in September. <laughs> it was even longer. Awkward. <laughs> I'm still working on it. That's what I mean. Um, I had to start that one in, like March. <laughs> oh, God, I'm never gonna finish it. But um, I hope they never do a third one. That one. <laughs> Twenty-eight <laughs> months later. <laughs> That's a big time commitment. I don't know if I have time for that. Um, but then I also watched Evil Dead Two, which I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I'd seen the first Evil Dead a couple years ago, and I I, I really like that movie. It's very fun and gory and just so low budget but yeah. like creative because yeah. of that evil dead's on my this halloween watch list for me this year okay so fuck yeah to them. watch them both the second one is kind of a remake of the first one so i was glad mm-hmm. it had been a while since i'd watched it because this felt like a retread of a lot of those plot points just with like a bigger budget and also more comedic i guess sam raimi was feeling like the first one was a little bit too serious so mm-hmm. i don't know it, it it's a fun watch I've, it's it was kind of overhyped to me. I feel mm-hmm. like people have always said like this is one of the best movies ever, and like mm. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I just like I don't know. It, it, it's not my favorite right, thing, right. you know. It, it's not something that I'm keen to revisit anytime soon. Gotcha. Uh, and I hope that doesn't get me hung on a, on a cross <laughs> <laughs> by Danny Boyle fans. Oh, no, just. Yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna make a dumb joke. No, make that dumb I was joke. Be like, no, I'm just gonna get you hung in your pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that boy you watched Evil Dead too, and he hung <laughs> like a horse. Like a horse. Um, no, I was gonna say I, I did read. Okay, sorry. I know it's a it's a movie podcast, but I did finally read The Shining this year, the really? book, and I've Ooh. known for years that Stephen King hates the movie, mm-hmm. and so I've always wanted to know like Do you know what. Why? The, yeah. I know why. It's because Jack Torrance doesn't have a fucking, like, character arc in the movie. He's just, like, Jack Nicholson's fucking crazy from frame one and then everything else from there. But, like, reading the book, there's a lot of shit that I've come to find out Stanley Kubrick changed just to fuck with Stephen King. Like, in the movie, it's a yellow snowcat and, like, (laughs) a red, like, uh, car that they drive. But, uh... In the book, it's a it's a yellow car oh, and a red snowcat. So it's like what? <laughs> it's so pointless. Do you do you dislike the movie a little bit more now, or do you be like, no? Does, does reading it change your opinion? I think 
This is weird to say, but I think that the movie still kind of reigns supreme for me because there's a lot of elements of Stephen King's writing that just don't do it for me. Like, for one, he focuses on a lot of shit that's not scary. Like, a big part of the book is that the hedge animals at the Overlook, like, move around and shit. And that's not, like, that's not particularly scary to me. Like, a, right. a hedge lion is supposed to be one of the most menacing, like, figures at the hotel. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and wasps at one I mean, like, the whole book has, like, a lot of wasp metaphors. And it, like, relates back to, like, the alcoholism at the center of the novel. But, like... Right. They're not scary either. I'm like, that's a normal thing. Like, I don't know. Kubrick added a bunch of shit, but it was scarier. Like, the elevator of blood is scary. The twins are scary. Like, these things are missing from the book. And I'm like, honestly, I'd rather be watching the movie (laughs) right now. No, he added basically all the iconic parts. He, he did. I don't think you can read that book without imagining Kubrick's version. And it's not the version that King Mm -hmm. was imagining at all. Like, he... I don't know if you guys know about this, but he remade The Shining into a miniseries. I remember yes. that. Yeah. I remember watching like a promo video and him being like, uh, I know horror. Be ready to like, well, this is horror done right. <laughs> and then nobody talked and, and about no, it for it, years. Like, it, was, it turned out bad. Yeah. yeah. People, if people talk about it these days, they say like, oh, that was a big oof. <laughs> like, ooh, that was a, ooh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, let Kubrick have this one, guys. Yeah. Let him have it. He has all of them. Actually. I was about to say, He's like, celebrated what is this? A pit- this isn't a pity have. This is- he is I'm- definitely one of the filmmakers of all time. Yeah. yeah. He's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has made films. Yes. Uh, you and, I, and you know so have we so you know like oh yeah good yes, segue speaking of one of the filmmakers of all time I'm so glad that you did the segue <laughs> yeah. I was gonna force it even more I was gonna like, <laughs> I was gonna break some wrists to get to this fucking section yeah, I was about to say Luke literally just opened the door for y'all and Isaac was like fuck you shut the door and opened it himself Isaac's like I opened the door around these parts <laughs> That wasn't my intent. I was just congratulating you on opening the door. Crips. <laughs> uh, <so>. <laughs> so anyway, uh, me and Casey make films together. Yes, we. Uh, I recently um, put all, uh, not all of them. There's still uh, two that I'm still working on, but uh, three of my short films are on a uh, separate channel now that I just named for myself, and I'm gonna put like a bunch of other of my film shit on there like demo reels I subscribe and stuff. to that thank you I saw I saw Mr. Seven yeah, yeah you yeah, Mr. Yeah. Uh, he's Mr. he's Mr. <laughs> Mr. what's so hard about this Mr. Repeat 7 after 5 me. Four, 4 2 no no Mr. 7 5 4 2 2 2 okay SMH oh my god the easiest username to memorize what's wrong with you but uh, yeah, so Crypsis is up now. So if y'all haven't, uh, I'll link it at the end of this episode. If y'all want to go mm. give that a watch, that's what I did for my uh, DF4 class. And um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I did it. I definitely I did, it. did it. You it, did. It, it, also, it is one of the short films of all time. He yeah. is, it is one, one of the of short it. films of all time. <laughs> well, uh, Luke, you were involved in this process. Do you do you um, have anything you're dying to share about the the making of this film? You know, now that it's out there in the open, the, all the spoilers have all dropped. The spoilers have yeah. dropped. Um, I really enjoyed shooting Crypsis. I was like, it's very scavenger hunt based, and you don't really see those, especially in like the short film uh, mm-hmm. genre. Yeah. So I thought that was really fun. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. Cinematography wise, Lou. Cinematography. What, what was I thinking? Composing these shots. You were thinking what I was thinking. I, I, I gave you the shot. <laughs> <laughs> we make. We no, always we make, make we it together. Make it together. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I just. This is the first time we were able to utilize um, a range of lenses because, like, we actually got the school's equipment. Yeah. So Didn't we use an eighty-five for Christmas, did we? Yeah, we we used a lot of lenses, bud. What well, no, I know. About? Yeah. But, uh, I just I fell in love with the eighty-five yeah. millimeter lens. That's like my go-to lens. Everything holy is like seventy-five percent of it is shot yeah, in an eighty-five. In an 85. I just love it. But, but there's, there's just like a lot of freedom uh, to use with like the 25, 24, mm-hmm. 35, 50, and eighty-five millimeter lenses. Yeah. That we've only been able to shoot in the past, like on twenty-four millimeters, yeah. and then I bought an eighty-five, and then just recently bought a thirty-five. Yeah. So everything holy got a bit switched up. So that was still yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, well, we're using um, the Ursa. Yeah, the Blackmagic Ursa. Um, that thing is a, it's like a six thousand dollar camera. Probably not anymore. Probably yeah, when they got like, it new. But it's like fifteen pounds. Yeah, dude, it's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy. As heavy. Fuck. That was. I shot two films uh, with those things, and they. You need to work out to be a cinematographer <laughs> yeah. because those things get heavy, and then it's just a whole hassle assembling it. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen Roger Deakins? I mean, that guy is just like shredded. Pulling up on the camera, he walked the entirety of 1917. He, he walked and ran with a camera. How do you think they made it one shot, bro? <laughs> Deakins is ripped. <laughs> <laughs> ran a marathon just to film World War One. Time right. traveled back to that era too. Maybe. That's Maybe that so... film wasn't filmed in World War One. <laughs> are you telling me? Are you telling me? <laughs> I thought it was a documentary. <laughs> no, um, and. The cinematographer's best uh, uh, tool is like this app called Shot Designer. I showed it to Casey, and now we yeah, use it for so all our good. films. It's like a bird's eye view, and like you assemble. Uh, is it free? No, there's a yeah. free version, but like if you want to save multiple projects and like jump around, uh, it's uh, twenty dollars. But it's a flat rate. Devices. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, you just pay twenty dollars. It's not a subscription. It's, so, it's pretty dope. It's so worth twenty bucks because I, I've used it on countless yeah. films now. It's well, how we how we did it with Crypsis and then with everything holy is we had either a laptop or a tablet that would pull a shot designer, mm-hmm. and then we pulled up the shot list with it, and we would color code the. Uh, Can we talk about uh, the the era before that? <laughs> the, the first attempt of shooting crimes we told donna way back in 2019 fucking i'm sorry donna she tried to tell us that we needed we need- a shot list and i was like us, we don't need a shot and us list. amateurs we knew nothing about them. yeah and she's like this is she's like every film set i've been on they've had one of these and she showed us and i'm like that is no i'm and like that's too like, much that's, work. that's you know what? That's too much information we know what we want she, she got so mad because she was like you, she's like you don't understand like this y'all are gonna like fuck up somehow i'm like we got it we fucked up, up so bad. my every fucking scene so, was abysmal. Well, first of all, that that was like our first attempt of making anything. Uh, the first attempt of crimes of good intentions was horrible. <laughs> it was bad. The, but the, yeah, the second attempt the second is better. Yeah, but you know, it's still a cursed film that no one, no one knows to, what it's like. No yet. one knows what this this film. Yeah, okay, okay. Update four though, years in the making. Update, update on crimes. Um, Devin's really busy right now, so I have found a website that is a, it's a subscription based website, and they have thousands of like professionally produced music scores, and they you can download the full track, or you can download stems of the track, so you can download each 
instrument of the track. Mm. So I'm just scoring the fucking film myself. <laughs> He's actually just going to Ben Sound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> ben Sound. No, ben, okay, Ben Sound is for like high schoolers. Epidemic Ooh. Sound is for like indie filmmakers, like actual Ooh. filmmakers. And they've got not a high schooler, so many sound effects. It's completely, what's so cool about it though is it's complete, this is not a Not sponsored, right? Not sponsored. <laughs> but what's so fucking cool about it is that they literally have thousands and thousands of sound effects and songs that you can literally use for free. Like no strings attached, and like if even if you cancel the description, you can still use them. That doesn't matter. Like, so anyway, try this promo code and get this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Type in mom when you go visit Epidemic Sound for twenty percent off. No, um, no, it's so I've been scoring crimes myself, so it should be out very soon. Like I mean, very soon. I'm that's I'm exciting. Grinding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and how is making a film score? Have you ever done that? Before? No, I've never fucking done that. <laughs> what, what what the fuck is that process? I fucking I uh, I literally just you think, see, I go I, get this song and <laughs> I put it there. No, it and is done. It has been so fucking hard because I have to go. I go through the website of Epidemic Sound and I and I I watch the scene that I want to score first. And then I have an idea in my mind of what I want it to sound like. And they've got like so many different subcategories, like moods, genres, tones, like what you're looking for. And I go and I just listen to the songs and I save it to a playlist on there. And then I go and download the stems and then I have to basically edit the song to match the time length of the of mm. the scene and, and get it to where I want it to and make all the fucking fade it in, fade it out, you know, turn the volume down, volume up, whatever. It is a grueling process. The probably the hardest thing about editing crimes has been scoring that bitch. It's also and a thirty minute film. It is thirty five minutes as of right now. Wow. Yeah. So that's bit, that's pretty long for a short film if yeah. you yeah. never seen a short film. <laughs> um, I don't know who I was clarifying that for, you know that was like guys, short films are short. <laughs> but they're not very long they're still the short version of a short film crimes is it was the first project we did and it's the longest yeah thing i've ever we really done. said let's ever... shoot for the top first literally we really did i'm gonna interject something fun fact you are 10 minutes off from the legal definition of a feature film I'm 45 minutes is a feature shit. link definition. I gotta extend it, those credits. <laughs> <laughs> it was 40 at one point. It was 40. Crimes of winning an Oscar. Crimes <laughs> of winning an Oscar, yo. So my almost feature, yeah, it's, it's almost out. But. but yeah, no, Crimes has been a little passion project of ours for years. Oh, yeah. We, we I remember we, we started writing we come We came up with the idea together before I was even in Conway. Yeah. If you remember that. Yeah. That took... Because I started writing it in my... In the fucking Chapel Ridge Apartments. Really? Yeah. yeah. Back Casey, in 2018. Casey calls me one night and he's like, dude, I got a great idea. And then we're just like, ah. Oh. And then he's like, I'm going to start writing it. And I was like, okay. And it was like, it was like a, it's like that Rick and Morty episode. It's like, I got a really great idea, but it's a heist film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just the same beats as a heist movie. But... Casey, I went up to him and I was like, you son of a bitch. I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I mean, on other news, Crypsis actually won an Academy Award. Uh, did? Is, yeah, which is why I was finally able to release it on YouTube. Yeah. That was fantastic. Wait, but it did go to a festival, right? <laughs> well, or... no, I, I submitted it to a festival, but I didn't get in. Oh, right, uh, right. You'll see if you watch the film why I didn't get in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Crypsis. I, I rewatched it the other night before I put it on YouTube, and I was like, you know what? This is banging. I, I, I'm proud of myself. Bussin'. It's busting. Yeah. That's I'm proud. I'm proud of Crypsis, and I hope everybody somewhat in- enjoys it a little bit. I, I love. So we worked hard on that. I one. love shooting it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the shooting with like that 
high quality of equipment. Yeah. I, I'm like, I really want to save up and get a cinema camera. Mm-hmm. Those are like $6,000, you know, pocket change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, that's the dream to just have my own stuff and, and shoot stuff like that. That's the hardest part about, like Thad was saying on yeah. oh um, the last episode, he was like, it's easier now than ever with the technology to make a film, but it is still so it's fucking so hard. hard to make a film. Or at least to make a decent You know, film, I right? was thinking about it and like, you know, I bought I bought my camera almost four years ago, and it cost me like twenty five hundred dollars. But I'm thinking like the investment that we've used that camera so much, so much, and just not on not on our film sets, but on like Tyler's film set yeah. uh, back in the day, and then we used it for Nick's. Just about anybody we were friends with, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah let's use yeah. that camera because it's a fucking hassle to bring equipment. For it UCA. is. Especially and, and, and the and then the the film equipment they give you when you're in the lower levels uh, is not good. Yeah, they no, don't give you good cameras <laughs> at all. So. That oh, it's so bad. You remember we do projects? Oh my show? gosh, yeah, and they're like, "Here's your Canon 60D," and it's just like, "Wow, this feels cheap." <laughs> go take a picture with it. Yeah, we never we never bothered me and Casey. We just go out and like, all right, here's our camera. Let's go do something. Yeah. So. It was good. It was a good time, but uh, I want I want to go uh, touch on the subject when you guys asked that. Like, is film school worth it? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, it, it gives you opportunities to uh, to do what you want to do, but I don't like. Think about it this way: Is what we learned worth forty grand? Can you say that? Because. I re- Possibly. I don't know. I feel like we yeah. could have learned. I didn't learn much in classroom. I learned like history. I really appreciate the history oh, courses. God, yeah. Because uh, Professor Corson was amazing. But when it came to like, okay, here's your hands-on courses, mm-hmm. especially going through the pandemic and stuff. Like, oh God, yeah. We got undercutted so much, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like I learned more about uh, filmmaking by doing rather than being in the classroom. Mm, yeah. uh, and also just by YouTube and the fact that we're passionate about it. Like, if you are passionate about it, you're going to make mistakes. So you you got to make films because yeah. they're going to be bad at first. And then you get good at them as you make them. But mm. I don't know. Like, you're not going to get 40 grand if, like, you you know, because, like, loans and stuff. But if I could take that money and put it towards um, starting a studio yeah. and then taking a couple master classes when you when you consider the amount of money you pay for and the amount of right. money like what you're getting out of i feel like it could have been allocated to something more useful film riot is your friend the youtube mm. channel film riot <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're honestly like in our classes they would pull up film riot videos really yeah that, yeah that's how that's how reliable that channel is on like filmmaking tips because our professors would be like this is a great video about this i like of course it is. Like those guys know their stuff. So if you really want to go to film school, actually just watch Film Riot. Like, oh my god! Honestly, <laughs> looking back, like okay, our, our our production classes, like you know, they got harder. But like, do you remember going through a screenwriting class? Like, yeah, just I mean, I I learned nothing from the screenwriting classes. I learned everything I know from Sid Field and Robert McKee, man. Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I was no. about to beat you to saying Robert McKee. I was like, okay, yeah. there's two people he can bring up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't know, as far as mine go, I have a cinematography textbook that I bought that I keep and I read from time to time. And um, honestly, just watching, just watching movies, you learn, you pick up tricks. 
Um, oh yeah, true. Which true. I don't watch many movies. I'm more of a fan of TV shows, but you know, you pick up tricks from TV shows as well. What is this mind over show? Right, right. It's <laughs> it's it's film. Why do we why do we have mind over serialized television? <laughs> it's My where it's at. Why did you sound like Adam Driver? <laughs> <laughs> Just had sex. I'm about to watch serialized television. television. <laughs> it's the greatest day of my life. Brilliant. Brilliant. You guys, um, I, I'm sorry if you don't want to talk about Crypsis. I totally get this, but I was wondering. Yeah. There's a lot of hacking in the movie, and therefore on the computer screen, there are be visual effects. What? Yes. Uh, what was it like making you know like computer graph like fake? It, computer graphics. Is I'll, that hard? I'll tell you what, it could have been a lot easier <laughs> if we had listened to somebody. Somebody told us. Well, I'll let you tell the story because oh it's yeah, your, your deal. Yeah, I had to do the special effects. Uh, somebody told us because he thought we were tracking the screen. The, the screen was blank and he said, put tape on the sides. Um, that would have been good if the camera was moving. It was a stationary shot. It was on tripod every time. I don't know why we weren't thinking. We were just like, oh yeah, this... There's this tape in the shot. <laughs> we put tape on the side of the screens and it's bleeding over the edges. So we get back in there and my professor's like, dude, you're gonna have to like crop out edges of the screen and remake the edge because that's... that's You're not getting Remake? I had to recraft. Exactly. I had to like take... The sides recraft it. If you look at it closely, you can tell it's a little wonky. But uh, yeah, I recraft the screen, make the borders, which I could have avoided altogether if the tape just didn't fucking exist. Um, but that took the most time was recrafting the borders, um, and we could have done something like complex with the visual effects. But Casey screen recorded his. He he set up that stuff. I did. I did all the the everything you see on the screen that's like happening i edited i just edited like a video of it and, and then i placed it in the screen and, and he, made sure it looked good yeah and did the whole computer glow and everything ah okay so, yeah. it's actually it looks pretty good yeah it's featured on my demo reel it's this little wipe that shows you like the before and after of it yeah. it looks really cool um but yeah, that was a headache. I, I got so mad because I kept thinking back to like, we should have put tape on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I was worried about it when we were, I mean, every time you make a film and you do something you've never done before, yeah, you there's... fucking have a panic attack about it because you're not sure how it's going to look. Thankfully, it wasn't that bad, but the tape was definitely the hardest part mm-hmm. because it was crunch time to get those VFX mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. by the time it was ready, by the time the cut was done. I wanted to do so much more with it, but I was like, I most of my time went to fixing that, uh, which is funny because when I took the visual effects class, he's like, most of visual effects is fixing things rather than planned out shots, and I was like, oh, okay, I get that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a, a time. It was fun though. It sounds it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It definitely was. I, mean, I, I guess that's the whole process though. You don't really go into you don't go into any movie without doing a fair bit of work. Well, we rewatched the room last night. I forgot to bring that up earlier, oh, and yeah. just like that was making me think like everyone here is doing like, and I mean we know this now because of the disaster artist, but you right. can tell like everyone on set is doing their fucking darndest to like yeah. make that movie, and it sucks ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like so much work. Like they have to. They have a rooftop set. And they've mm-hmm. green screened yeah. everything around it to create the skyline. They've got like a staircase set. Like you would swear so that there was no sound guy on set though, because everything just sounds ADR. <laughs> it's true. That's true. 
Oh, I was thinking about it earlier, too, because you were talking about your website where you get free music from. And I, I feel like the soundtrack to the room definitely sounds like royalty free. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that movie had a six million dollar budget, did it not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that he gosh. financed himself. himself and, and still nobody knows. It's just like, oh, OK. If you had six million dollars, this is a hypothetical. Oh, if you God. had six million dollars, do you think you can make a room level movie or better? Yes. Do you think you can make a movie better than The Room? With six mil? Do you realize? (laughs) I figured this out last night. Parasite was made on a $15 million budget. Wow. That's actually really cheap for... That is super winning cheap. Winning an Oscar. I, it looked like a $100 million movie, bro. Oh, yeah. And they have, like, those big fucking sets that yes. they made. In, he built the house. The... Or, no, he built some of the house and the rest was VFX. Just like, oh. did you know that? No, I didn't know really? that. Oh, my God. The outside shots of the house in Parasite are completely visual effects. Oh, that's really good. No, if you, if, I mean, if anyone's interested in uh, VFX at all, um, the YouTube channel called Corridor Crew. Oh, yeah. they're great. They make some of the best. like, And they have people... Who um come in like they have the visual effects artist for uh, Shang Chi come oh, in yeah. talk about and like there's so much more work that you think because it, it yeah, seems yeah. like like not even just like the rings like the fighting scenes mm-hmm. of like the bus and the scaffolding sh- scenes like so much visual effects went into those oh yeah it's yeah. crazy well Marvel spends like the most out of anyone like it when you see like those huge True. production budgets like I think. You know, like, it's fair to say, like, 50% or more is just, like, the visual effects, like... Oh, yeah, because when they're talking about it, they're talking about, like, you know, green screening this shot, and basically what they go in and do is they go in with each frame and, like, the edges re- keep doing it. It's not just a simple, like, ultra-key green screen. It's, like, they, yeah. they crop out, like, every little section of the arm, uh, like, a hundred times and have... And convert, like, you know, six months to a 40-second shot. Like, it's crazy. As filmmakers, though, if you had access to, Jeez. like, a whole studio set with, like, blue screens oh everywhere, gosh. would that be what your movies would look like? Would you use the big old blue screens? Yeah, bro. I mean, I wouldn't use... Uh, I wouldn't try to use as much special effects. I, I wouldn't. I, uh, I like the, the feeling of That it. is where most of your money goes, so... Yeah. But, I mean, there's tons of movies. Because, like, um, that just... You know, you don't have to bother it. A little bit here and there to, to, to polish it up or to fix some things. But, yeah, no, just making it look as real as possible. Just as... I would love to work on, like, a blue screen set, bro. Because there's really? so much freedom. In v- like, you just got to get a good VFX team, I, I would, guess. I would love to have a budget for a film one of these days. Because, like, uh, like, what? Everything Holy was, like, what, $1,000? $1,500? No, not even. It was, like, right out of 1000 Right out of 1000 Nice. And, and now you're talking about, like, multiply that by 6000 like... Yeah, we can make six thousand. We can make six thousand films, but like uh, having money one of these days, that'd be amazing. I just, I think, think for my, I mean, normally have like indie filmmakers get their features made as they crowdfund, and that's like I want, I'm like ready to crowdfund something because I'm ready to actually put some money into a film, you know, like some serious money. Um, but that is that's daunting, you know, because if it you is. don't. If you don't get all your money, then you're gonna have, you have to cut corners on, on shit. You know, like if your campaign doesn't, get, it's a good thing most of the time. Crowdfunding campaigns, especially films, always get done. They always get funded somehow, some way. You got a good producer. They get yeah. You got if you're if you're networking correctly, right? If you're using social media mm-hmm. to your advantage, nine times out of ten, you'll get your movie funded. Like up to like thirty thousand dollars, they can get this shit funded. But 
it is scary asking for that amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's scary yeah. asking for just like five thousand dollars. Then you know? it's like you promised all these people like a film. So with it's, certain perks, with certain yeah, yeah, certain perks, and it's now it has to have, be at a level of quality that uh, you've probably never made before. Yeah. yeah. So, and if it's not. What happens when you need to crowdfund again? Yeah, they're no, gonna they're going to be like, money. wow, the last time this happened, you made a horrible film. Yeah. So, you know, obviously filmmakers should be held accountable for like the quality of their movie, but that is fucking terrifying. When you, like, <laughs> owe directly the people who sponsored the movie, like yeah. a, a quality film. Like, I mean, even if you get that budget, who's to say that your vision is going to line up with what the poor sucker who sent you $30 like was right, thinking right. that you were going for you know if yeah. they don't like I mean it doesn't matter if your movie is liked by most of your you know backers if some of them don't like it that's it's gonna be your problem all of a sudden right. like you're you're on like this person's in the credits and meanwhile they're like letting you know they fucking hate the movie yeah. so much yeah. like I don't know that situation terrifies me yeah. and also just like that prospect of so many projects fall through not because mm-hmm. of like you know things that uh, you can necessarily control and so imagine that like yeah. you get funding and then you can't make the movie what the, the fuck do the you do exactly the nightmares of how many actors we've lost throughout our journey of making films is oh, ridiculous you want to tell them about the the okay we have stories for crimes oh, crimes gosh. 2 crypsis uh, almost every film we've shot we've uh, an actor has fallen through so like it seems like Every time you 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 want to do something, the people that you want you to help you find a way to fuck you. Like <laughs> I mean, that's like, a really like bad way of looking at it, but like it, it always happens, right? Um, so, for example, first time we shot crimes, fucking nightmare fuel, bro. Oh my gosh! Um, I had actors lined up. I had actual college that were in the theater department that really? were going to help with this film. Yeah, all of them dropped out except for. Uh, Graham Bell and I've ah, and Graham's been yeah we've uh, used Graham a lot Graham's in everything holy and he did a fantastic job and I love Graham to death he's awesome to work with um, and he does exactly what you need him to do and he was there he was on board he's the only one that didn't flake all my actors flaked we had a couple crew members flake didn't we uh, on the first crimes the first crimes who the people who were going to be crew became actors so like, yeah it was, yeah yeah it was a nightmare cause yeah. there was like last minute yeah Act, like casting decisions made it was like me bringing friends that were helping me on crew to get them to act yeah and that was that was <laughs> a nightmare was, it was a nightmare on top of that we got it we okay we spent two thousand dollars on the first crimes really oh my gosh that, we, i forgot that the budget i was forgot that about that because we so more than you've spent on your most recent yes yes so well it, it's what Honestly, we've made that investment back with like oh, the definitely. equipment we bought. We bought the lights with that two grand. Oh yeah, yeah. So the two grand was basically just to get all the equipment. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. what this is warranted. What, exactly. Because yeah, we used it in like almost every other film we've shot since then. Yeah, well, I mean, we spent it. We got a drone. We got. Uh, did we get a lens with it? No, no, no. We got, no. We got, we got the gimbal. Though. Got the gimbal with it. Got the drone. So the, got the lights and got our our mics. Right. From with that. So the gimbal was the hardest. I think I remember the gimbal fucking up. Well, yeah, our none, production of us, schedule. none of us knew it. I mean, like I, I know that gimbal backwards and forwards now. Like right, like, but back when we first then, shot with oh it, my gosh, it fucked our production schedule up so many times. Just, because just from of, learning it, it was, it was it was so bad. 
Um, we were we really were super ambitious um, and and not enough uh, knowledge to, to shoot what we <laughs> yeah. were going for. We yeah. were ambitious about it, but too naive on, on how to actually get it done and how it look right. Granted, why we reshot it and yeah, um, which I mean, I, I still think even though the reshoot's like a, a year old now, we've definitely learned more since then. Yeah. I still am proud of uh, it. Oh and yeah, definitely. I think with every film we've done, I'm really proud of everything. Holy. Um, we have some reshoots coming mm-hmm. up we gotta do because of the green screen um, but I think that's gonna be a great film yeah I'm excited I did the first cut of Everything Holy and uh, I'm like super proud of it so there we go I think uh, and then at Crypsis we had uh, our main problem with Crypsis was a, was a fucking crunch and the fact that it was basically I had like a producer you know like a studio head mm-hmm. which was our, my professor giving yeah. us he get, I rewrote the fucking script six times really like yeah. did like two like completely starting from scratch twice and then the other four times I edited it was editing it for time trying to get it down and then cutting out what like just the flow of it and he I mean he was giving me all these like suggestions and everything so I was like editing it to the point where we both liked it, so then we shot it, and then I was originally going to have four days, and we cut it down to three days, and so we had to crunch to get everything in there, and then in the editing booth, I was freaking out because I didn't like a lot of it. Uh, Honestly, like, the troubles we had with it, I did was not expecting it to turn out as good as it did. Like, the, yeah. it, it came alive in the editing room. Oh, and, yeah. and a lot of films do, like... like We've shot some things where it's like, oh man, I don't feel great about this. But then you can save a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, in the editing. That's room. why. That's why there's that famous saying like, "We'll fix it in post." <laughs> oh my god! I never like to say that now, but I mean that's probably where that comes from. Is because in the editing room, a lot of shit can be salvaged. Mm-hmm. For example, in Crypsis, the shot of Jacob when he talks to Donna, um, um, where their cars meet when you go and hand her the uh, puzzle. Yeah. Um, that was a two shot of them both in frame but since we shot in 4k 4.6k with 4.6k oh shit that's uh, better 5.6 yeah, right 1.6 yeah, like, that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry cinematographer here it lets you zoom in 20 percent while still having a 4k image i like i just i wasn't gonna bullshit i don't know <laughs> sorry i i know that doesn't like <laughs> no i that's a good explanation i'm yeah. sorry i was just like what is, it, what it allows you to zoom in more because you have more pixels while yeah. still re, uh, retaining a 4k image yeah anyway so i i had to I, there was some audio troubles with that scene and i was trying to re-edit the scene and cut out dialogue because the studio fuck he was like this doesn't need to be here so i was like why didn't we do this in the script uh mr studio head so we went and i had to re-edit it but i there, I had to cut out the audio of one of Donna's lines, but the only shot we had where it looked good was the two shot with Jacob. Mm. So I was like, wait a minute, we shot in 4.6K. Uh, so I zoomed in on Jacob, and it's still a 4K image to get the shot where it's just him. Oh, and that's then, lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and oh Donna was actually speaking during that shot, but I covered it up with, we got we hired a sound guy that got like six different fucking, you know, uh, Audio levels. audio levels so I could mess with the audio tracks and I just, that's the tracks word. that's the word yeah mm. so yeah the the crypsis in the editing room I hated it when I got all the footage I was looking at it but I did fucking five five cuts of crypsis before I got to the one that I really liked and then it really I was really proud of it now it's one of my favorite things I've done is is crypsis I um 
I think that it has definitely got you written on it. I'm starting to notice that you have director um, habits and tendencies. This time, I was thinking about it when I was watching it. You love a montage. I love a montage. You love a montage. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have... I mean, what's your favorite montage that you've made? I was just curious about that. Wow, we do do a lot of montages. You do do. a lot of montages. Um, We didn't do any in Everything Holy. We kept that simple. Everything always like a slow burner, um, mm-hmm. so there's no need. But, okay, so it's not released yet, but the crimes montages, there's two, and I'm yeah. I love both of them. The Crypsis montage though is super fucking cool. Yeah, like I, I really like the uh, you talk the the couch. Uh, yeah, specific, specifically yeah. all the blankets the and blanket, coziness. Uh, it's probably the coziest montage. Those, I've yeah, in a while. I, I loved those montages because like me and Casey were crafting them in the in the while we were crafting the shots and the best shot I'm so proud of to this day is the one shot we took of the entire uh, the heist itself mm-hmm. which I would love to be able to be like yeah guys go go check out that scene like soon, I crafted soon. it let's do it soon, <laughs> yeah please we have a we have a was it three and a half minute right three and a half minutes uh, is the one shot yeah I think it's, it's a three and a half minute one shot yeah, it's uh, no 1917 it's no 1970 but good. it's it, it interweaves we have all four characters like interacting with each other they cross over we go through the entire house it's uh so happy <clears throat> and to show that um shot designer what, like what we had drawn there it was just a bunch of squiggles showing the <laughs> actors they were like all right this is what we're gonna do and it just looks like nothing <laughs> yeah, they were all like what is <laughs> this it's like all right one at a time <laughs> we rehearsed it a couple times yeah. uh, and well, we got two casey, actors here casey yeah. fucked yep. it up a couple times i did fuck it up a couple <laughs> times he's just waiting upstairs like we did the whole three and a half minute thing and then Casey's standing upstairs with the lights on the house is supposed to be dark it's supposed to be like nighttime, and no one's there and there's air director up the stairs in the shot with the mic he's like what (laughs) but part of me was like man we probably should have gone for another take but we were so tired but like the ending of that shot oh, we got I, out of the house at 2 a.m i know yeah. i could i can't help but laugh at the end of that shot because donna falls down yes. yeah and you move the camera like i've been editing and i saw when she falls down you move the camera i thought i thought something important was happening <laughs> and then i realized i realized she fell and i was like oh fuck but then i couldn't jerk back so i had to be like <laughs> yeah, very slowly, slowly moved. moved back yeah. but it, it's chest. perfect because as soon as Augustine says this line we're moving back to him and he's like ready boys and girls and I know but I laugh time. every time because if you like, I guess now everyone's gonna know if they watch this and watch the crimes eventually but if you don't know you don't really notice it but then you, if you do know you laugh because yeah, you can tell she falls it's so funny but oh. I mean it was our most perfect shot mm-hmm. one shot that we did I'm not gonna lie when you showed me the rough cut originally of that mm-hmm. part of the scene I thought it was intentional because it uh, felt like yeah. it was hyping up the intensity because she was like getting to the box yeah, like, and yeah. she was just stumbling over herself. <laughs> yeah. No, she definitely just <laughs> fell straight into a box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, as an actor, having worked on different short film sets, I'm glad that you guys have your shit figured out in terms of like vision. Like especially when you shot the, well, one of the montages for um, Crimes uh, I, I feel like from an acting standpoint, uh, it feels ridiculous and like you don't yeah. know what the fuck is happening. You're like, right. hey guys, throw throw a bunch of these boxes, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> what does yeah. this have to do with anything? It's like, all right, hold. 
Alright, add another box. So, right. like, <laughs> the thing is, I've been thinking about that for a year. <laughs> I don't know what theory. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> what, what were the boxes and what do they mean? Like, I know from the script. The I box? know from the script what it's supposed box? to look like. Right, but, you right. know, like, <laughs> as of right now, <laughs> I don't know that it looked good. <laughs> so I hope you know that. Yeah, no, were, I think it looks pretty good. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just. It's fun. <laughs> We have been waiting for this film to come to light for so many years now, yeah. and, and it just feels it's, like, it just feels like God is like, haha, fuck you, you're almost done. Yeah, not anymore. Here, here's a, something to throw in your way. Like, it just happened last night. Some one of the scenes got corrupted in the edit again, yeah. and I'll have to go back and fix that. But um, at this point, when I release it, I'm literally gonna have to have a director statement before it to explain. You know why there was the March twenty sixth release date. Oh my god! <laughs> and it is now October. Uh, At this point, it's probably October twenty sixth that it'll release. Man, it's, oh my gosh! It's don't, uh, don't say that, man. No, yeah, no, like, I can't give myself. Say like November tenth and leave it be. <laughs> you know, for crimes as a whole, we need to do a commentary and also put on. I would love to have a commentary. Much around that film My itself, gosh. with we were all getting, your actors we were that delirious. dropped out on you, with everything that went wrong with it, to the original cut, yeah. to everything that happened on set. There's just so much to the that plot went into of that killing film. Isaac, yeah, and then <laughs> everything <Robbie>. after. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's been oh. a it's been a fucking actors dropped out is a strong term for firing, don't you think? Oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I right, right, right. <laughs> I definitely fired an actor on Crimes. Oh. For unrelated reasons, he, he, he didn't he didn't even get to film the movie yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard I heard him say one time though, like I don't even want to do that movie. <laughs> yeah, which he was so this person was so gung ho about it when I was communicating with him, uh, and then I later figured. Out that he didn't even want to do it so i was like oh it's probably good that i fired." well I, it was good already that i fired in the circumstances but either way i was like oh, well, fuck that man i don't want nobody on the set that didn't want to be here you know oh hopefully isaac and jacob wanted to be there we oh i wanted uh, to be there so bad it was I, a fun time <laughs> dude you have no idea dude, how bad yeah, like you know, are you do fucking you not kidding remember? me Jacob had work at six in the morning the next day, Dude. and he was. Jacob in. and Natalie were both troopers. Natalie was our sound yeah. uh, and boom op for crimes. She did such a good job. Our like so they good. drove an hour <laughs> to be on set and then had work the next day. Yeah, and then crazy. I remember like talking to Jacob. He's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it work," and I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much." Dude, <laughs> Dude, you y'all were literally coming to me and. Okay, I kind of want to explain this, but I also want to save it for the commentary, but I'll go through a short little snippet of it. Right. When you told me that you needed me for crimes, I was literally living in a shack, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you called me, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to see if I can make this work. I'm going to try to make this work. I still have uh, work to do in all this, but I think right. with your the when you're shooting it and everything, it's going to be tight, but we can make it work. And I remember trying to convince Natalie to do it with me. And I was like, I think we can make this work. We're going to have to sleep here and here for like two hours. And then we're going to go to work. And then we're going to come back to Conway when we're fucking tired off our ass and still work on this movie. We were both working 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah. At Walmart. And so the the first day we went, I think we were off that day. And we got there and we did everything that we needed to do. And then... We spent the night at Casey's house. 
and then got up in the morning. No, it was Augustine's. It was it was Augustine's. Uh, yeah. We got up in the morning. We worked from six to three. We drove straight from work back to Conway, uh, <laughs> and then worked on the set until like late at night. We slept for four hours and then went back. Yeah. We did that four times. Yes, um, <laughs> for the multiple day shoot. Yeah, I remember there were different times that you guys were in the rejuvenation chamber for a little bit. Like, <laughs> Don't go that way, Jacob and Natalie. Are yeah, sleeping. sleeping. Yeah, my AD Connor like constantly throughout all four shooting days is like, yo, we need to hurry this shot up because uh, they need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Connor like, was so our bad. fucking Connor lawyer. was your literal sleep like, advocate on set. Sleep advocate. Like, <laughs> I was like, I know Connor, but we need this one shot yeah. at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> With bags under my eyes. I'm like, no, dude, I got this. I got this look good. If anything, God. <laughs> if anything, I, the bags probably helped. Yeah, when we were shooting it sequentially, it, it, it was yeah. just, it made me look like yeah, I was actually Wanting to kill Honestly, y'all are reminding me of like how much fun that was, and like I'm yeah. kind of hyped for this story to come out because I really loved it. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. The fight scene, shooting it. Oh, yeah, man. fight scene's dope. I would uh, love, to and do it's got a good plot scene. twist. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. damn it, we need to get it. Yeah, man, it's, get it I'm working on. I'm so, like, literally, it's all I've been doing the past week. This is so. this is definitely the one short film I've done in college where I'm like, oh, well, post college a little bit, but mm-hmm. where I've been actually wanting to show people, you gotcha. know, like I, yeah. I think that's why I pressure mm-hmm. you a lot of the times on the show is like, fucking please, <laughs> please. Every time we talk about it, Mauricio is so fucking ready to see it. I'm scared for Mauricio to see it because <laughs> my our poor boy has been like hyped for us on this right. entire project. When we told him we were on set for it, he was like. What's the what's the whole premise? And I was like, okay, one <laughs> it's a one take high scene, but there's yeah. a lot of other stuff going on with yeah, it. He was yeah. like, I fucking love it. He saw the trailer. And he was like, dude, you're fucking beating the shit out of a guy. Yeah. He was yeah. so, he was for real hyped, and yeah. he's still excited to see it. You you brought up a point that we've um, there's a short film that uh, we did that's kind of gotten pushed back because um, we role swapped for the this short film. Our DF2 film, remember how everyone had to make one? Cheese and chili? No, no. Daydream. Oh! Yeah! Yeah! yeah I, was, I was, the roles were reversed. Yeah. I was the DP for me and Casey. Oh, right. Me and Casey have always been this uh, tag team duo. With August. Yeah! yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's always been like, I've been the cinematographer, it's what I've always wanted to do. Casey's been the director, that's what he's always been good at. But for our DF2 film, We've had to write and direct. Everyone had to write and direct a film. Sorry, yeah. I was describing Sorry. the plot to Jacob. I was like, you were in this movie. <laughs> I, I had to like whisper to Isaac through mouthing the words, being like, was I in that movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I picked I just, August I, I just, off his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, gave, you gave Isaac a pat on the back and yeah, threw him yeah, back in yeah, there. Yeah, you threw me back I, in. Okay, I am proud you did, of that you fight scene. You did carry Augustine out. The, the, I, the daydream fight scene is I really... Cool, yeah. But um, that ha- that has some actors in it and actresses. That yeah, that we uh... there's some stories behind that. Anyway, that's the first time. <laughs> anyway, I won't <laughs> indulge any further. Let's right <laughs> <laughs> get to the technical part. That's the first time I had to direct. Um, and Casey was my DP. And let me just say, I hated every second of it. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> this, it was like in a parallel universe. Where, like, Casey's roles were swapped. Yeah. It's a body-swapping movie. It's a body-swapping movie. Uh, Because, like, the entire time, I just wanted to grab the camera. I just wanted to be behind the camera. Um, And I never really saw myself as a director, and I had to, like, direct my actors. Uh, Yeah. It was was rough, but 
I'm for it being my one and only directorial directorial uh, film. Yeah, I, I'm proud of it. Like yeah. it definitely turned out pretty okay. It's not great, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really happy how it turned out. I really love the fight scene how it turned out. Um, I go back to it once in a while see if it holds up. It's still pretty good. Yeah, it was it was a good time. But yeah, I had good old Isaac um, be my uh, fighting person and fought yeah. Odyssey. I've never had a fight scene on film before. That was pretty cool. What well, about the Nightbeard Odyssey? You had a fight scene and that y'all fought so hard to keep in, but it didn't end up in the film. Oh no, that wasn't like a physical fight. That was like oh, someone screaming. yelling. Yeah, that was okay. a screaming match. Okay, and that was yeah, and that was cut anyway. So yeah. I've never. Even yeah. then, I wasn't even a verbal argument fight scene. If right. you uh, gotcha. if you guys want to see Isaac uh, beat someone up, it's on my YouTube channel. Yeah, there's also a Devin Savoy original the, yeah, score. Original score. Yeah. Um, Devin Devin scored Cheeses and Chili and Crypsis, um, and some he's done some work on crimes that I'm keeping in there, and then he did. You used all of his like music. Yeah, like, I used his, his like, music, music because. We didn't have time. That was a that was a oh, time OST, crunch. not original score. My bad. It's a soundtrack. Yeah, we we honestly didn't have time. That was right during the pandemic. It was literally the last weekend we were allowed to shoot before everything was shutting down. Yeah, well, we shot four fucking films in two weeks. No, I remember, but yeah. no, we went from we went we did back to back film sets. Yeah, I I remember shooting Nick's film. yeah Nick's film that morning and then my film that night. That yeah. sounds like a crazy amount of. Film and that was the, the day after we wrapped what we wrapped, or the, maybe the weekend after we wrapped on Jesus and Chili. Yeah, no, everything was shot. Um, that weekend and then school yeah. shut down everybody everybody's everybody knew the pandemic was coming so everybody was crunching to get their films shot and, it was and we're just lucky that we didn't have to wait on school's equipment yeah. but yeah um i do have a question for you guys if we're winding down yeah uh, since uh Time to go sleep. yeah <laughs> um since i'm more like cinematography based i want to know both the fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was in response to his going to sleep. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but then I realized, oh shit. <laughs> I want to know what is your uh, favorite DP and yeah. the movie, like your favorite cinematic movie. Not necessarily plot line, but like where well you were. shot movie? Yeah, where yeah. you were visually pleased by it and you were like, wow, this is shot amazingly. Because um, I have mine. What's mm-hmm. yours? Uh, my favorite DP is Bill Pope. Okay. Um, mm. And for those who don't know, Legend. he he uh, has like a duo with Edgar Wright. He shot mm-hmm. At World's End, Baby Driver, and Scott Pilgrim. And Scott Pilgrim's my favorite film of all time. Nice. He also just shot. He shot uh, Shang Chi. Oh, yeah, really? I, oh, I did? had no idea. Yeah. Interesting. And he shot The Matrix and Spider Man Three, the Sam Raimi. Hey. Yeah. 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 I know. Uh, he's my favorite DP. I love his style. I love his style of shooting. And then um, Scott Pilgrim is like my favorite film as far as visually appealing mm-hmm. that that's partly to visual effects as well but yeah, it's just yeah. such a beautiful film baby driver is my second because mm-hmm. that you know kevin spacey excluded um <laughs> yeah that's a great film that i love yeah uh so what are y'all's Ooh, it's a kcdf one that so i my first. i don't know many dps um I know there's a couple of directors that work closely with you know a couple of dps i but i will say probably just because I've watched it recently, like a lot recently, I keep rewatching like bits and pieces of it is there will be blood has some of the just, just like mind melting cinematography, like how every shot 
was able to be captured perfectly, I don't fucking know. Mm. But that's some, like, next-level skill for your film to look as good as There Will Be Blood does. Like, every single frame, I think, is just immaculate. Like, that's probably my favorite film as of right now for, like, cinematography. Second would be uh, Lemon Prix, which Mm -hmm. is Contempt. That film is shot amazingly. Um, So, yeah, those are my two. I I don't know any... Um, oh, uh, the fucking uh, Hoyt, Hoyt Van Hoyt. Oh, yeah? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite film is also uh, Citizen Kane. On. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Roger Deakins. He's my favorite. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I do, I do love Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins he, if you look up mind. best cinematography, he's the first of the list. So yeah. I mean, everybody knows him, too. He, he goes hard every yeah. time mm-hmm. he, he brings his game. I, I love... Um, Robert Yeoman, he does all the Wes Anderson movies, yeah. uh, and he's just got like a, such an eye there, for like framing, you know. There's an interesting conversation to whether or not you can tell if it's the director that yeah. is forefronting yeah. the style, or if it's the cinematographer that is forefronting the style. Um, and you can tell by their works, it's like, okay, look at all this director's uh, work, does he match up with the rest of this content. Roger Deakins is definitely the type of person where it's like, I'm a big name, here's my style, and if you look at his portfolios versus his directors, he his style is consistent. Um, yeah. And I would say Bill Pope's style is pretty consistent as well. Yeah. Um, but I would say Wes Anderson, his style as a director supersedes his cinematographer. I think so. I think that they have a good collaboration going. I think also there are some really great directors who are also DPs. And I think mm-hmm. Alfonso Cuaron is probably my favorite. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. not only is like gravity, a visually stunning movie, but like Roma is one where he finally was his own DP. And that's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. And also children of men, I think like, I can't remember who his DP actually was, but I feel like a lot of the vision in that movie was him. Um, I mean, hell, I mean, if you get into his mainstream, like Hollywood work, like Harry Potter, like Prisoner of Azkaban, that's probably the most visually stunning Harry Potter movie out there, too, you know? Like, mm. he, that guy never misses. Yeah, I'm mixed on Alfonso Cuaron, as, as both with his cinematography and his directing. Uh, it's a very, I, I have a hot take on Alfonso, but no definitely knows. Children of Men is shot very well. If I, if I, if there's one thing I'll say about that film, yes, and Roma, of course, Roma is shot beautifully. So, so you don't need to say anything else about. Uh, I just won't say anything. We else. all know. I will say. <laughs> I, I will say. Um, I did. I saw a video. That's what I was looking up just now. Robbie Ryan shot. Uh, he shoots a bunch of. Uh, just I really don't know. He's an Irish cinematographer. Um, He's done a lot of fucking movies, but most notably that I remember that I just remember being blown away by the cinematography is The Favorite. Oh. Um, did The Favorite Gorgos and that is, Yes. Oh, my God. Praise be to Gorgos Lantimos. Fucking love him. Anyway, but yeah, that's, that's, that answers your question. Que- your question. My question. Yeah, no. I think those are all solid, solid choices. Hey, great job not being such a fucking goblin. Hey, man. Yeah. I, I, I try my best. What can I say? Right. He did and, try. I mean... I mean, also, if... Uh, well, if plug your shit real quick. Yeah, yeah. If people yeah, want to like, see Isaac uh, beat up some people, uh, YouTube channel, Luke Welch and Stuff, literally all my other stuff is called Luke Welch and Stuff, mm-hmm. with the letter N in between Welch and Stuff. I'll link yeah. it. Yeah, link it. You do vlogs? I do yeah. vlogs. Uh, just little stuff to keep my uh, cinematography craft alive and mm-hmm. uh, refreshed. 
Yeah. Keeping the craft real. I liked your drone shot. And you know what? Let's let's talk about your creations just for a brief moment. I really yeah. liked your drone shot in the last uh, vlog you did. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, it was actually a behind the scenes of Casey's movie. Mm-hmm. All the, I mean, everything like only, not all things. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> did you show your uh, dad? Like, no, I haven't version? yet, but I, I saw it and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Weird. I had no idea he that's what was property. around the cabin. <laughs> right? He what? I said he could sell a property with that shot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's, that's very true. Yeah, no, like, see, like, we grew up there, and uh, going back, I was like, man, that just looks so good, and I was like, opportunity, I'm gonna show all this, because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's the, I don't know, the the drone shots in the the last vlog were really freaking cool, just seeing everything, um, like, we're literally, like, there's nothing. Like, if you keep going, my dad told me you'll see, like, you'll find, like, a, a horse ranch or whatever. But, like, eventually you'll hit Mountain Home, but it's way out there, farther than the drone can go. But for, like, a good yeah. 10 miles, yeah, no, it's just trees and mountains. Around that um, little mountain in the drone shots, we were about two miles from the cabin. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You could not see that tiny little drone anymore. Mm-mm. But it looked, it turned out good. I really liked it. I wanted to get lower. I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. If that thing got hit by a tree or I ran it into a tree, it would be gone forever. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. I think uh, to close out the show and in, in honor of the goblin being on here and because we haven't indulged enough goblin itch, you know, this episode, I think I want to go around in a circle and um, I want to hear what you would sound like as a goblin to close mm-hmm. us out. Casey, do you want to start or is that nerve wracking? I want to make a movie. <laughs> it's Smart Simpson. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just want to make a movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, hi, my name's Luke Welch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Goblin. It's the Goblin. It's the Goblin. I gotta follow that. Yeah, up. you gotta follow okay. that up. Eddie, <laughs> I'm a Goblin now. <laughs> We're Venom. <laughs> Go go see Venom, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the brown table video. <laughs> What's the deal with goblins not getting the respect that orcs do? I mean, come on! I've been stealing gold from travelers for just as long. Oh, <laughs> I'm a goblin. I'm a, I'm a goblin. I'm a goblin. Hey, I'm, goblin. I'm a goblin. Thank you. We live I'm in New York. Here. <laughs> I'm a goblin. This, is, this has been mind over goblins. Mind over goblins. <laughs> We're all goblins. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> <laughs>